how to raise and keep a healthy pet. My name is Tammy. I'm an entrepreneur and a certified animal naturopath with a passion for animals and empowering other pet owners with tools for creating the healthiest version of your amazing pets. Let's dive in. Hello, I am so glad you're joining me today. And I am joined once again by Dr. Todd Kumi, the homeopathic vet that is on about once a month. Um, today, we're going to be talking about spaying and neutering and some of the potential health concerns that can arise from this very common procedure. So welcome, Dr. Todd. I am so glad you're here talking about this today. Thanks, Tammy. Glad to be here. Yeah. So it's interesting because when I was doing some you know, research about this and kind of thinking about spaying and neutering, you know, it's really never been a question as to whether or not you spay and neuter. Like, you know, just growing up, you had a dog, you got him spayed and neutered. I mean, it's just what you did. And yeah. and so many people, you know, kind of, I, I think, are in that same boat. And there's, and, and, and really, there's so many things that people don't realize that can happen as a result of it. So, since you are in the veterinarian world, I'm sure that you see and have heard both sides. So, so maybe you know, for the, to start with, what are some of your opening thoughts about this topic? Um, well, it reminds me a lot of um, vaccination because you know we used to, I used to think vaccination was uh, routine and just something that had to be done in every in every case. And now I don't look at it that way. I look at it as not not the harmless thing that I always thought it was, mm-hmm. um, and and even not that necessary. I mean, we have rabies vaccine, which is a legal uh, mandate, but for the others, maybe maybe not. Um, mm-hmm. So so spaying neutering is like that too. Like you said, it's something that you always do. You get mm-hmm. a puppy or a kitten, and next thing you know, you're getting them spayed or neutered right or, or they may have had it done before you even got them you know which, exactly just like the me. shelters yeah yes. yeah the shelters shelters are forcing it earlier and earlier all the time and i understand you know because they have a big problem with overpopulation and for it's, sure it's it's horrible so i i can see their point of view and that's a tough job mm-hmm. um but the thing the thing that's interesting from a lot of the newer research is that it it has a lot of negative effects that we never realized or we didn't make a connection and yeah so it yeah and so some people are reconsidering on whether they want to do it at all you know if they have that option right and and um you know if you're responsible with your animal leaving them intact i think is a decent option sure. i mean just to give just to give you the conclusion at the beginning <laughs> <laughs> well okay so we'll just start from there and work backwards yeah. Um, yeah. But so what are some of the things? Because I, I, you know, I see different things and even in my own dogs, because all of my dogs are spayed and neutered, you know, yeah. and, um, you know, I've had all sorts of things pop up that now yeah. as I'm looking back thinking, oh, my gosh, <clears throat> this could be related. I mean, it could be related to <clears throat> so many factors, but oh, yeah. Um, yeah. that could be one of the factors. Yeah. 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 I mean, it it goes all the way from like aggression and behavior issues to, um, you know, obesity, joint trouble, cancer, you name it. I mean, a lot of problems that animals have may be related to 
not just early spaying and neutering, but being early, uh, neutered or spayed at all, you know. I know. And that's and, what's uh, interesting because, you know, yeah. you think about the puppies that are spayed and neutered and, yeah. you know, that already, you know, you already just have compassion on them because you think, goodness, mm. you know, they're puppies <clears throat> and they didn't even get to mm. develop at all. Yeah. But to yeah. think that even our adult dogs, you know, there mm-hmm. I, had a, I had a border collie that um, he didn't get neutered till he was five. But yeah. he had other issues, you know, um, yeah. later, too. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. yeah, it is interesting. And I think there was a statistic that really shocked me um, as I was looking through some information. And it, it was about the, the, um, the chance of getting cancer was so much higher um, in any dog that has had that has been desexed. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I know the. I think I know the one. You, I think I was reading the same thing. Yes, it says desexed oh, animals show um, showed an early onset of all cancers and behavioral disorders. Mm-hmm. The younger the age of gonadectomy, the earlier the onset of the problem studied. So mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I mean. Mm-hmm. So why did what What do you think is maybe? Um, keeping this from, you know, being, um, you know, informing the public? Well, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it's probably just unawareness. You know, I, I think probably a lot of the veterinary profession isn't even aware of it because it's new information and, and, um, you know, honestly, a lot of vets are so busy, they have trouble keeping up with, information and reading oh, sure. journals and, you know, going to conferences. We have to do that to keep our license current, but it depends on what kind of information you're taking in. You know, you could be doing all your CE on other other topics. So Sure. Um, and there's probably some resistance to it, too, because I'm sure some people are just stuck in their ways and their beliefs that, you know, this is the way we've always done it and we're going to keep doing it this way. And mm-hmm. It's always worked for us, you know. Yeah, even, even and, working. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I think this also draws a connection to what you said earlier about how we've always vaccinated and you know, et cetera. It's just what we've always done, and now you know we're thinking yeah. about this. And what's interesting and in how they connect is that many times a vaccine will create mm-hmm. chronic issues that is never taken back to the vaccine, just as. Yeah. Spaying and neutering can also create chronic issues and it can lead back to, you know, spaying and neutering. And there's, yeah. it's been, you know, maybe a few months or a year, yeah. or three years or more, and there's yeah. no yeah. link um, yeah. that is yeah. saying, okay, this, you know, because usually it's more that acute, you know, mm-hmm. if something happens in the next, you know, 24 hours, you know, and mm-hmm. if it doesn't, then you're good to go. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And that's the attitude, I think, in general about the whole vaccine thing mm-hmm. is that it's it's harmless and it's effective and it's necessary. Sure. And I think it's none of those three. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and it's because they don't they don't realize they aren't aware of the connection with chronic disease. Mm-hmm. Um, probably in the same way they aren't totally aware of the connection with uh, spaying and neutering right. and chronic, chronic problems. But. Yeah, the other thing mm-hmm. that I found interesting is um, the author of this article that we're um, both looking at was that 
um, this, she moved to the United Kingdom in 1998 and they did not, they didn't have a bunch of, they didn't spay, they, they didn't spay and neuter, you know, that Mm -hmm. wasn't just a common practice and the dogs were healthier. They weren't just, you know, you know, you know, creating puppies every five minutes, but it's just interesting because I think, you know, we have the neighborhood dog that ends up getting pregnant eight times. You know what I mean? So (laughs) it's hard to even think that that's even possible. Yeah, and it it was that way when I lived in Germany, too. Uh, Spaying, neutering was not very common. And uh, most people left their animals intact. Mm -hmm. And and, um, they were healthy. You know, they Mm -hmm. had good health, generally. And, of course, the German people, that's where I live, Germany, they love their animals. You know, they really... Like, you know, we would go to restaurants sometimes, and dogs could come in the restaurant and lay under the table while the people ate, but but children weren't allowed. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we have a goodness. sign on the door, no children, but dogs can come in. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, that's so, funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, what are some of the things that you have seen or know about mm-hmm. that, I guess, the downside of spaying and neutering? Because I think, too, it's interesting and important to weigh you know yeah. is it worth it you know to to not and so what yeah. are some of the things that you you have seen um well i've definitely seen you know this this trend this trend with shelters especially spaying and neutering younger and younger and it having negative effects on these animals it's, it's a little hard to tell though if that's totally it like like you said because the shelters are also vaccinating a lot these animals they get a lot of vaccines and they get spayed or neutered and the people adopt them and almost right away a lot of them are sick you know they come Mm -hmm. in to the clinic within the first week or two and they're they're usually having respiratory problems or gi problems or both and um because their body's been under a lot of stress Mm -hmm. you know and so their immune systems are struggling um but but then the growth issue too, like some of the some of the studies that people are becoming more aware of is that they just grow funny. You know, if they're neutered real early, they end up having longer bones and they just they don't look right. You know, a lot of mm. these animals look out of proportion. Right. And uh, but but obesity is a real big one, and I think I mentioned it in um, Sarah's article here that um, o- obesity. One of the things she said is it's about three percent of the dog population, but mm-hmm. up to the total dog population, but up to fifty percent of the spayed and neutered dogs right. are obese, and that's that's more of the population we see like in the clinic and of course, and it's you know, but it but it's a society problem too, and everybody who's mm-hmm. been out and been to the mall or something knows that sure, <laughs> and yeah. that it's it's something that humans are struggling with and dogs are too and mm-hmm. it's probably a complex issue and it's probably not simply because of spaying and neutering but um but that is but that, a factor yeah that's one of the old myths so that people always hear oh i don't want to spare because then she'll be overweight uh-huh. <laughs> you exactly. know like it, like it goes hand in hand yes. and um i've heard that many times so yeah. now it seems that there's some truth to it exactly but, <clears throat> and and that is you know one of the things too i uh, that a lot of people kind of like 
because I've done a, a podcast on keeping your dog at a healthy weight. And I think, and one of the things that I mentioned there was so many times we use that feeding guide as, you know, the gospel. And, it, you know, many times, even just a regular adult dog you may that's been spayed or neutered, you may need to dial down to the less active or a yeah. senior or, you know, exactly. yeah. and, and, you know, so many people are just feeding based off of, Oh, I have an adult dog and he's 60 pounds. So yeah. this is what I feed. So. Yeah. And, and a lot of people, most people I would say don't really know how to gauge a dog's body condition mm. or a cat. You know, right. and they'll ask, they'll ask me, do you think he's too thin or he's too heavy or. Yes. And I, I show them, you know, how to, how to figure out the body condition just based on palpating the ribs and backbone. Absolutely. Yes. I say it's real easy. You don't, you don't need a scale. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah. So that's, that's real. That's a really good thing for people to know. And yeah. Because um, you can adjust your feeding by that, you know, mm-hmm. if they're just right, you're yes. doing fine. If they're too heavy, then cut back. And if they're yeah. too skinny, give them a little more. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. They'll uh, be happy. Dr. Patton, that was his advice in a nutshell. And Richard Patton, he wrote a book on nutrition. And that's pretty much what he Oh, that's <laughs> that, great. That wasn't the only thing he said, but that was one of the things. Yeah. It was funny. That <clears throat> is good. Uh, one of the things I also find really interesting is that many pets <clears throat> become more aggressive and a lot of people are trying to keep their dogs from being aggressive when they spay and neuter. So what can you tell us about that? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It is opposite of what you would think. But from some of the studies, the, the results, it, it, it does happen. I mean, mm-hmm. it looks like it definitely is a factor. And again, I, you know... Not to change the subject, but I wonder what the vaccine component oh, yeah. is on that too, because especially with the rabies vaccine that is is well known to contribute to aggression. Of course, in, yeah, in dogs and cats, yeah. Um, but it's such a delayed reaction sometimes that yeah, nobody makes that connection. It exactly. might be months, months later, yeah. or year, years later, even right after multiple boosters, and then it starts to show. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's it's definitely something that you identified though as a, as a factor was aggression, yeah. and um, and just things like the maze solving. I thought that was interesting too. Yeah. That, um, dogs that have been spayed or neutered can't learn and and um, work mazes as well as intact dogs. Yeah. So so it, it you know it must have something to do with their brain. Yeah, because obviously we get, you know, our brains need to have the hormone balance. So, you know, just to be able to, you know, function correctly and properly. And when you just completely review that, I mean, it makes sense, but it's, you know. Yeah, sure does. Yeah. Yeah. I also had Um, a dog that um, in her later years experienced urinary incontinence. And, mm -hmm. you know, I was told by the vet that it was, you know, early spay and neutering and she was spayed pretty young, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, again, a lot of people don't realize that something you're doing when they're six, seven, eight months, whatever it is, could have such an impact on them, Mm -hmm. you know, later in life. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and it is pretty common, you know, it's a, I forget what she said in the paper here, but it's pretty, pretty high percent of female dogs, especially not so much in the males, but it tends to, affect those females exactly yes so and and 
you know, you can tell that's what it is a lot of times because they'll respond to like a natural type of estrogen um, mm-hmm. replacement. You can start them with that, and then they do pretty well usually once they have that. Exactly. <clears throat> and the other part I noticed that um, was mentioned, and I have several dogs that have had torn um, cruciate ligaments. And mm-hmm. so now you hear you mm-hmm. have, you know, compromised joints and tendons and all of that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it probably that probably goes along with the increased uh, amount of immune-mediated disease mm-hmm. because they know now that cruciates are usually from imme- immune-mediated damage to the cruciate ligament, the mm-hmm. like an autoimmunity type thing. The body starts attacking it for some reason and weakens the ligament and then it ruptures. Right. And that's that's pretty new information that they didn't used to know. Yeah. Like when I was in vet school, they thought it was just from trauma and right. bad bad luck. You know, the dog stepped in a hole or, you know. Exactly. Um, just tore it. But mm-hmm. now it looks like it gets weak first and then it tears. Mm-hmm. So, and that could yeah. also be a combination of vaccinations and yeah. spayed and neutered. Yeah, yeah. I really think I really think that's a lot of it. Yeah. And so, you know, so the so it points out two big things that people have some control over, you know, mm-hmm. vaccinating and spaying and neutering. Right. Not, well, it depends on the situation, you know. Yeah. <laughs> going, going back to the shelter adoption, you don't exactly, have Exactly, yes. <clears throat> you know, good luck with trying to. Exactly. I've, just, I've been talking with a lady from Texas here recently who's trying to adopt a puppy, and she doesn't want to spay it real young, and she doesn't want to get it vaccinated. And she's having a horrible time because they just are not budging, you know. They yes, actually, I referred her to you. They, they and, won't work with her. Oh, yeah, yes, that's right. Yes, that's right. and she, um, we've been keeping in, in a yeah. lot of, of communication because this um, puppy is only five months old, and yeah. they yeah. are being just high, high pressure. Like, and we're oh, going to take her back if you don't get her spayed. And, oh, I know. And yeah. Poor, poor woman. It's driving her nuts. I know. And, um, yeah, I forgot you were the one who referred to me. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, yeah. It's been a few days since I talked to her, but now I remember. Yeah. 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 But and that's crazy. horrible, but that happens all the time, you know, mm-hmm. but, but most people, most people honestly don't care or don't think anything of it. And they just go along with whatever the shelter's doing, you know? Yeah. So I, I commend her for trying anyway, you know, because that's that's uh, definitely going against the flow. <laughs> it is, and she's yeah. she did stand up as much as she could until they kind of put her, you know, in a place that she couldn't anymore. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I don't, and that puppy is adorable, by the way. I don't know. Oh yeah, I saw a picture. Oh yeah. my goodness! Yes, <laughs> so cute. Yeah. So, um, well, what is there anything else that you? Um, that you've seen or know of that we haven't touched on that can cause the spang and neuter can cause. Um, well, there's, you know, in this, um, yeah, I should, I should give credit to Sarah Fox Chapman because she's, uh, she's the one we're talking about, talking yes. about her article and she wrote this up and presented a few years at our homeopathy meeting. Um, so everybody has, gotten copies of this from her because it's such a good paper mm-hmm. but um but she she sums up a lot of the different studies that were done with different breeds and and they looked at things like behavior and uh, cognitive function and um cancer joint problems um urinary incontinence pyometra is a big one everybody 
is familiar with that one. Um, hypothyroidism, you know, immune-mediated disease. So there's a lot of different things. Really, a lot of the common chronic things that dogs deal with um, are in this are yeah. in this list with these studies. And so you're probably going to see more and more of these coming out over time because people are really, there's more awareness, you know, not just among the public, but among veterinarians too. So they will, they'll probably try to organize more of these kinds Mm -hmm. of studies. Maybe we'll have even better information. Well, and thinking Um, about some of the things too, um, I think, you know, from just, you know, a perspective that I have, you know, when you're thinking about, do I spay or neuter? um, I know, Mm -hmm. You know, pyometra is a big fear. You know, I mm-hmm. don't want my dog to, to have pyometra. Right. Yeah. And no, then, bad, you know, and thing. then the cancer, you know, prostate cancer for, for dog, you know, male dogs. Yeah. Because um, we're told that the risks are so much higher for intact males and females. Yeah. Yeah. We're told that. Mm-hmm. We're told that. Um, but, you know, looking, I'm looking at, this one, this one study, it's, um, I don't even know which study it is. The UC Davis, maybe? Yeah, the Davis one, I think. That's right. Um, but as far as cancer, the, you know, lymphosarcoma was more common in males neutered after one year of age. Um, hemangiosarcoma and mast cell tumors were more often in females spayed after one year, and they developed these at a younger age. Um, and intact animals had the lowest incidence of all these cancers. Mm. So the ones that weren't spayed or neutered at all had the lowest incidence. Um, and the golden retriever study was interesting and because, you know, golden retrievers have replaced boxers as being the number one cancer yes. dog. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're the number one. And so that data was interesting, I thought. Um You know, the biggest one was probably the in the female golden retrievers, the spaying at any age through eight years of age increases the cancer rate by three to four times. Mm-hmm. And that's most people are going to be spaying them before they're eight. Yes. And, and so they have a three or four times higher risk of cancer, um, any kind of cancer, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and so. also that it talks about in that same study, the golden retriever. Um, that gets spayed or neutered has one or more joint diseases like hip dysplasia, elbow dysplasia, mm-hmm. cranial cruciate ligament tear. And they're, when they're spayed or neutered less than six months, it increases that chance of them getting joint disease by four to five times. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas it only doubled it in labs. I mean, doubling it's bad enough, doubling the really? risk. But if you raise it four to five times, that's mm-hmm. really right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So it it really does kind of, I guess, reinforce. You know, we, we talk so much about you know getting in tune with nature. You know, and mm-hmm. um, trying to live as close to nature as possible. Um, you know, with yeah. our animals, at least that's kind of my theme that I'm constantly mm-hmm. you know ringing that bell. Um, but it it makes sense that here we are altering their sex hormones, and then you know we end up with all these cancers and joint issues, and you know 
Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. So, what are some of the things, um, you know, kind of maybe talking about homeopathy or, you know, anything that you've seen that that may kind of give some people hope? Because probably mm-hmm. the majority of the listeners, just like me, have spayed yeah. and neutered dogs. And yeah. obviously, you know, I've had a run of cancer dogs and it's, it's excruciatingly painful um, because they're their family, you know, yeah. and here you are thinking you're doing everything you can. And then you realize, yeah. okay, that maybe I shouldn't have had them spayed or neutered, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking to have to deal with that, you know, and you know, my heart goes out to you for dealing with it with your dogs. And I've dealt with it with several of mine too, mm-hmm. that I, you know, most of them were just rescues that I just got kind of dumped in my lap and, and then things started to go bad eventually. Yeah. And, yeah, so I think I think just being aware of this, you know, all this information, and and if you're in a position where you have the choice, you know, and you can say I don't want to spare neuter, maybe holding off at least till they're full grown, you know, and not mm-hmm. not rushing in thinking we got to do this right away, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we got to do it before the first heat cycle, because um, that's that's still a common um, thing you'll hear people say, mm-hmm. you know, I got to do it before the first heat cycle. Um, so there's all sorts of beliefs out there about this sort of thing. Right. And who knows who knows where some of them come from? Yeah. I don't know. Um, so I usually, you know, I have that talk with people, that conversation that they don't necessarily have to jump right into it. They, you know, especially if they have a younger animal and you've got some time to wait and, you know, do some do some homework of their own and and just realize that it may be helpful to leave them intact for longer than, you know six months. Yeah. And you know, the other thing that comes to mind too is, um, that every different breeds have different times as to when all their growth plates kind of come together and, Mm -hmm. you know, that sort of thing. And hormones are so important for all that to work. Yeah. And the larger breeds, they really aren't done growing till they're about two years older. Yeah. Two and a half maybe. So yeah, it becomes really important Mm -hmm. because you know, then you're not, hopefully not fighting a lifetime of joint disease, you know, for exactly. a dog. Exactly, yeah. One question that comes up sometimes when I'm having these, you know, just little conversations mm. with different people is mm-hmm. when they have a male and a female in the same household, you mm-hmm. know, and they're like, what do I do, you know? Oh, um, I know, yeah. You know, and that's, you know, I don't know if you have any tips there, um, there's no, there's no easy, solution. no easy solution. I know, well, I know. I, I had a family come in the other day, and they brought all four of their dogs in. They had these uh, Norwegian Bundhans, which are really neat little dogs. They're oh, kind of wow. like they're kind of like Eskimos or Skipper Keys. They're kind mm. of a you know northern Nor- Norwegian breed, but yeah, um, I'd never heard of them. But they they love the breed, and they have four of them, and um, two of their uh, younger ones are intact, male and female, and they came in. The female was in heat, so they had the male in a crate. Oh gosh! <laughs> because otherwise, he tries to he goes right for the female if he's out of the crate. Yeah. And so they, you know, that's how they were managing it at home. Mm-hmm. They just keep him separate. Yeah. But for traveling, because they they drove all the way from Minnesota oh, to wow. come to come to our practice. Oh my goodness! Um, wow. Yeah, they they've made the trek twice now, but. But that's, that's how they dealt with it. Is they and and at home they have kind of a farm, so they can 
they can keep him yeah isolated yeah but it's hard because you know they're they're going to get together if they get the opportunity yeah and i guess you Mm. could you know maybe you know if there's a chance that Mm. they could get together is maybe put a diaper on the female or you know something um but i mean they could pull that off too so you gotta you know yeah 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 um well unfortunately it's only about twice a year they have to worry about it but (laughs) right exactly yeah it'll yeah, it'll drive you crazy during those short times, though. Of course, yeah. <laughs> so, um, any suggestions on remedies or, um, and again, I know this is a hard question because a remedy is chosen for, a, you know, a number of reasons and a kind of a symptom, overall symptom profile, not just mm. like, you know, mm-hmm. give this, it's a one-size-fits-all, but maybe just yeah. some suggestions on maybe even where to start, Um um yeah for just for overall health reasons you mean or for growth yeah so you know just Um, maybe you know the the people that have gotten their dogs um, spayed and neutered and they're thinking oh my gosh you know they hear the chances you know of cancer have increased and all these other things yeah Um, well yeah I, i think one of the big things they can do is is um you know, assuming that these animals have also been vaccinated, is just use the good anti-vaccinosis remedies like Thuya and Silica mm-hmm. are probably the two main ones. And, um, you know, usually we'll give Thuya and then wait a few weeks and give Silica and just do it one time and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And then you can repeat that cycle a few times. Um, but that's going to help. That's going to help cut down on any vaccine damage that they may have experienced which will help protect them from some of these autoimmune things and these, mm-hmm. these other immune-mediated chronic disease that can also get worse with spaying and neutering. So um, right. you, can't, you can't do much about spaying and neutering. I mean, you can't really put them on hormone replacements and things like that. Right. It, it's, just not, it's just not commonly done. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's probably done in some situations, but right. um, hard to manage. I mean, that would be a real hard thing to manage. And, oh, yeah. Um, so, so doing remedies, you know, you can get rid of at least some of the vaccine damage and maybe have a, have a healthier animal because of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's such mm-hmm. a good point because again, you know, and it's one of the first things that you mentioned is even in this article with all the different, you know, percentages of, you know, the dogs that have gotten this or that, mm-hmm. the vaccines weren't taken into account and so that is already, yeah. you know, the first layer. So that's, you yeah. know, let's work on that first. It's like, oops, we forgot to look at that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, Whoopsie. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the researcher's attitude was probably, well, it's not that big a deal. You know, it's mm-hmm. not that important. Yep. Um, so we won't even mention it. That's right. But, Yeah. Um, but yeah, everybody with male or female animals, they've all heard of usually pyometra and mammary cancer and mm-hmm. prostate cancer. And, um, yeah. And I think the take home message from this paper, at least, is that it's not all that common in intact animals, but it, it goes way up with spaying and neutering. So Which it's is the op- so interesting. It's the opposite of what we've always been told. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I first heard this maybe 15 or 20 years ago, and it kind of blew me away because I thought, well, wait a minute. You know, 
that isn't what I was taught in vet school. Exactly. And that's not what, as a, as right. a, you know, pet parent, that's not what you hear. You know, you're hearing. That's not what you've heard. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's so, uh, you know, it's like taking a 180 um, yeah. shift. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so that, so that is, mm. you know, I think a, a thing that, you know, mm. again, from a consumer and a pet parent, you know, that walks into, you know, yeah. You know any yeah. any vet USA conventional? Um, yeah. They are taught, you know, like you were taught, and so we have to recognize that. Um, and I, you know, I say this a lot, and and it's too bad, but fear sells. Yeah, fear does. Yeah, it sells a lot of things. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, sells news for sure. But yeah, um, my um, eyes came across the ovary sparing spay and vasectomy because that's what a lot of people are asking about. These days, I get a lot of questions about it, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and she mentions, and this it's interesting because this paper is dated probably five or maybe five or six years since she did this talk. Well, maybe four years ago, mm-hmm. but there's a Facebook group called Ovary Sparing Spay and Vasectomy, and I looked at it right before we got on the phone, and, and it's still there. It's an active group. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so there's a lot of good information there, and there's probably other resources as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little group in the UK, but it's it doesn't have many members. <laughs> the one oh. in the US, the the other one had like twenty two thousand, and the one in the UK had like less than a thousand um, active people. But um, but that you know it's um, it's a thought. But the the thing is that no one knows the long term effects of that yet in animals mm-hmm. because they haven't been done that long. Sure. And um, you know, that, that's why usually I'll point people toward just considering leaving them in intact if they're, right. if they're considering one of those options. So Yeah, so maybe if, if not leaving them intact mm-hmm. is off the table, you know, that mm-hmm. could be an option to research yeah. and look into. And I do know yeah. that it's probably going to be hard to find a vet um, yeah. that actually it, it, does it. It can be hard, yeah. And they have some, uh, like in this paper, has um, some of these sites have lists of vets that will do this because in females they're just doing a hysterectomy and they're leaving the ovaries in mm-hmm. intact so yeah. it's it's like a hysterectomy in a woman right except for the anatomy being a little different right and then the males the vasectomy you know similar to mm-hmm. in other yeah other species yeah so at least but, they still have their hormones in that scenario yeah. They have um, their hormones, yeah. yeah. Now, with the with the hysterectomy, they lose the feedback from the uterus, and so that's mm-hmm. why I wonder, you know, long, long-term effects of that. They lose a lot of the progesterone. And mm-hmm. So that that could probably cause some trouble, I would think, but yeah, I'm not sure. But it would just, it would at least be, um, you know, the, they wouldn't be able to get pregnant. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, still, they still they'll still have heat cycles, but yeah. <clears throat> but it's it's not very noticeable. You know, they mm-hmm. don't have a lot of the outward symptoms like they do. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's it's just another. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because that is something else to think about. If spaying and neutering is for sure the direction someone's going to go, yeah. Um, at least another option. You know, to yeah. to look at. Um, yeah. In the process. Yeah, and it might help someone make a decision, you know, if mm-hmm. they're kind of on the fence wondering what to do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So what are some, so, what are, what would you kind of just 
buttoning up the you know topic today, what would you say are some of the things that you want to leave the audience with as we're um, kind of wrapping up with the spay and neuter conversation? Um, it, well, the whole thing, it kind of reminds me of the old, um, that old butter commercial. It's not nice to fool Mother Nature or something like that. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a good a, one, yes. That's a really old one, but... Um, yeah, Mother Nature would get real grumpy because she didn't like the fake butter because it was too much like real butter. Exactly, yes. So she'd make make it storm and lightning would strike. Okay, but that's great. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it's the same with, with anything else when you're taking a more, trying to take a more holistic and natural approach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess for people to seriously consider the option of leaving them intact and... Um, any of the things that can happen, you know, the the worst case scenario type things, they're probably going to handle them better if they're intact than if they're spayed or neutered. Right. And and plus, you can always use modalities like homeopathy or acupuncture, or other things that are uh, healthier options than mm-hmm. using using suppressive drugs just to block symptoms. So you know, anything that comes up, you can try to deal with it that way. Yeah. And you you may have an animal that's just stronger overall and better able to resist things, you know. Yeah, just an yeah. overall better constitution because of it, yeah. Yeah, a lot of, and we don't see many intact animals, honestly, you know. I mm-hmm. mean, in practice, we see mostly neutered and spayed animals. And so whenever I, I see, I'll see a real healthy dog come in, really muscular and good shape, and, and I'll... You know, I'll ask or I'll look and say, oh, it's a male. Yeah, he's still he's still a male. Mm, yeah, no, pretty no obvious. Wonder looks, yeah. No wonder he looks so good. You know, he's, yeah. he's still got his um, natural steroids. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> his natural weight bodybuilding steroids. And the females, too, usually will look better. And you mm-hmm. can't tell by looking at them whether they're spayed or not until sure. you ask. But, but a lot of times, once you realize it, you can see a difference, like in their, just their body mm-hmm. condition. And, so true. Um, yeah, their their muscle to fat distribution is di- different usually. And that reminds so, me, one of the things yeah. that I noticed in this article was that the people who have sporting dogs, yeah, they are adamant about not spaying and neutering. Oh yeah, so that yeah. tells you something there too. Yeah, yeah. you know, there's a reason exactly. why. Yeah. Well, and, and people who show a lot, too. Of course, their goal is to breed. Oh, well, that's <laughs> you know, true, yeah. Most of the time, it's to breed. But sporting people, yeah, they, they realize that they're going to have a better animal if they yeah. leave them intact. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And so most of them want to do it right away. Yeah. Mm. Well, um, I really hope that, you know, again, most people probably that are listening to this, they already have a spayed or neutered dog and you know, you can't go back yeah. and undo it, but at no. least we're giving them some food for thought, you know, in the future um, mm-hmm. as they're looking, you know, for another mm-hmm. dog or cat. Um, yeah. That yeah. it really can make such a difference in their health. Mm-hmm. And we're just not told that, you know, and, and even when you were talking about, you know, the the intact male that came into your clinic, I think sometimes as a society, it's normal for us to judge. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yeah. they didn't get their dogs neutered, you know, I because know. that's what yeah. we're taught is the right thing yeah. to do. Right. 
and yeah. and they'll automatically assume you know that the dog's probably a jerk you know because yeah. he's, exactly. he's intact so you know yeah. watch out for him he's exactly and when a lot of times it's it's not the case you know mm-hmm. he's because they they tend to learn better you know That's for one right. thing so probably yeah. more trainable and yeah things like that so Absolutely. yeah it, it's definitely a shift in thinking but you know mm-hmm. most of it is when you're when you're trying to go down that path yeah, um, it's true. Off the beaten so trail. Yes, yeah. so Off true. the beaten trail. It's almost like you got to delete <laughs> some of yeah. the stuff you've learned. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. just have to, you kind of have to come to grips with it on your own and mm-hmm. decide, you know, for yourself what you want to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I honestly have never had, <laughs> I've never been in a situation with my own animals because they've always been spayed or neutered by the time I got yeah. them, you know, because I've, I've had a, a long string of rescues. And I know, I get they, it. They came to me already altered. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I, if I do get a, an animal that's not altered, I probably will keep them intact, you mm-hmm. know, that's, and yeah. I don't know, that, that might happen. You know, soon. Yeah. I don't know. But. Yeah, yeah. Get your naturally reared dog. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know, well, and that, you know, I've always had the grandioso idea to do that, and then, um, you know, of course, not, that happened yeah. because I have, yeah. you know, oh, here's here's a couple of puppies that need a home. You know. Yeah, so, I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so, we're in yeah. the wrong business. For, I know, I know. Yeah, too many, too many to need animals. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. Well, this yeah. has been so great to kind of get your perspective, you know, from a veterinarian's, you know, standpoint, and you know, just to help us, you know, with again shifting that mindset that. <laughs> And again, it's not about oh, you know, you've done something mm-hmm. wrong. It's about giving you something to to learn as you're moving forward, you know, and, and just know that it's just because we've always been taught that spaying and neuter is the gold standard doesn't necessarily mean that it is. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that that's a good message to leave people with is just, you know, don't assume that you have to do it and that it's the best thing to do. Yeah. (laughs) So it, it, it may not be overall. That's right. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, again, thank you as always. You are such a wealth of knowledge, and I know my listeners always appreciate your insights. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll talk talk soon. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you love this episode, share it with someone who may also want to help their pet. You can share it now or post it on social media. Tag me in it so I can reach back out to you. I'm so proud of you for taking steps to help your amazing furry family member. Talk to you soon.